0: Hi, Patrick, thanks for joining me today. Um, It's a real pleasure to have you here. For those who don't know you, uh, can you please introduce yourself a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, Morning, Julien. Thanks for having me this morning. I'm excited. This is my first podcast. Uh, not as a listener. So um, my name is Patrick Judge. I'm responsible for the innovation side, the commercial, uh, taking our innovations to market on the Hydro-Quebec side. So basically we do research at Hydro-Quebec on anything that's generation, transmission, distribution, retail uh, at Hydro and either software, robotics and obviously, yes, batteries and um through our business model, which is royalty deals. I'm responsible for taking these innovations outside of Quebec on the international front. Uh, I've been doing this for about five years now. I've been with Hydro-Quebec for roughly about 17 years. Uh, I've seen pretty much everything there is to see at Hydro. So I've worked at the generation group, I've worked with the distribution transmission on the IT side also. So I've, um, and I'm, uh, I'm very curious about the energy world. So I'm very happy to be here this morning.
0: Yeah, so uh, for our listeners, the the goal of this podcast is always to be as broad as possible. Because you know, I've made it pretty clear I'm sick of the uh, batteries are going to be twice as good for half the price in six months news. So I decided to take it in my own hands to interview people with you know interesting, diverse uh, takes on on the battery world. Um, and That's a good idea. Hydro Quebec, I picked. Uh, I'm really excited you're here because I think Hydro-Quebec is a very, very special case because they're um, something that happens in, in when you have a big player in the industrial side of things, but people don't see them on the retail side, so they don't realize just how big they are. Um, and, and this happens, and honestly, I can't even think of other examples off the top of my head because these companies usually just stay kind of in the shadow doing their thing and uh, but but they end up playing a really critical part uh, you know in an industry so in this case for example with batteries we can easily think of companies like byd cattle Mm -hmm. tesla panasonic you know they're all in the news making a big splash Um, but two of those that i named byd cattle you know they made their business on hydro quebec tech Uh, And that's, I think, going to be big news to people because LFP batteries, you know, they didn't come out of nowhere. Um, do you want to, can you tell us a little bit about the role Hydro-Quebec played in, uh, development of LFP batteries?
1: Yeah, of course. We've been doing battery research for about 25 years and that's, you know, mostly thanks to Dr. Karim Zagib uh, who are, who was our red head researcher on the battery business. Um, He's the one that worked with John Goodenough in the in the early years and bought some uh, some, some patents on uh, the LFP technology, uh, which obviously we you know we put our secret sauce in it and th- we've been licensing that technology for quite a few years now. We're state-owned utilities union, so I mean we're we're not big on the hype, and you know our our core business is not battery. Our core business is generate, transmit, distribute. We just have a very large R and D facility that sees the world of energy as, you know, as being multifaceted. So we, we we understand the value of diversifying your research, because, you know, d- doing business one way today might not be the way we do business tomorrow. So, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, happy to see, you know, Dr. Karim Zavigy, with our previous CEO, um, Thierry Vandal, to have that vision to say, let's work on, you know, on battery research, and let's do something about that. And that's what we did. I mean, we've got our very large R&D center specialized in, you know, lithium technology. And uh, we're roughly about 120 researchers, well, technicians, engineers and whatnot. But, I mean, this is, you know, a, a battery geek's, you know, paradise. We do roughly anything from, you know, from, from crushing the lithium to, to, you know, pilot line manufacturing. We test it all. And that's what we do at Hydro. I mean, we've, but we do it very quietly because our focus is the science. It's not the hype. It's not, you know, we... That's not the way we do business, and basically, it's not business; it's research. So that could explain probably the the difference between you know Hydro Quebec's position on the market, the way we do our research, and how we you know we don't communicate much. Some some people would say we should, uh, but we like to. You know, we don't like to exaggerate. And when it comes to science, and you're driven by scientists, scientists don't like the bullshit. They like to be you know they like to be precise, uh, you know, they want to be flawless. So, I mean, that's, that's what we've we've been doing.
0: So if for like 20 plus years, LFPs, you know, Hydro Quebec was secretly in the background. um, Well, secretly, I mean,
1: not intentionally, but 20 years ago, nobody gave a damn about lithium, you know, for grid level storage or for that matter, anything. I mean, the first battery from Sony was in 91. The, you know, last year was 30 years, you know, I've but I mean, 20 years ago, nobody's talking about those batteries.
0: Yeah, but so. uh, Hydro-Quebec is already in it. And so, so what that's leading me to, to the, for the next point is, you know, what's next? If Hydro-Quebec was that far ahead um, last time, you know, w- what fingers are the, are, you know, what cookie jars are the fingers in right now that are going to kind of surprise people five, 10 years down the road?
1: Well, right now, I mean, it's obviously we continue doing research on battery, uh, solid state. I mean, we we see a lot of value in solid state. We see we still see value in LFP technology. I mean, mind you, we think that's what you know. We always thought that's what's safe for grid level storage. Keep in mind that we you know we're if we're going to put batteries on the network, uh, we want them to be to be fireproof. You know and nmc is not does not have that capability lfp does and so does. i mean if some utilities in the world i mean if you look at tepco tokyo electric chose lfp as the chemistry that would be deployed on you know its grid obviously why because tokyo's very dense population of you know dense city and if there's a fire that breaks out i mean all hell breaks loose with the same logic but that being said i think there's some optimizations that can still happen in LFP and other, you know, these types of technologies, but I think solid state is the future, but is it solid state tomorrow? No, people said 2024, people say they already have solid state, but really it <laughs> you could have a solid state at the pre a sample or pre pre a, I don't know what letter would become before a it's none no zero. Um, but we're not there yet. We see solid state in about twenty twenty eight market ready manufacturing, you know, giga factory level, 2028, 2030. and that's where, that's where our uh, our hands are in that cookie jar. Right
0: now. Nice. Well, that's still pretty. You no, know, first off, thanks for not saying
1: in six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, I told you about the bullshit, and then we don't. That's not. We don't do that. Yeah. We. I, I mean, some love to 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 to. to to, to over-promise, under-deliver, or over-promise, just deliver. You know, we like to under-promise, over-deliver. And, and, and that's, that's that's always been the model. But again, yeah. you're driven by scientists. You're not driven by business development people. You know, I'm not, I always say I'm a business development guy, but I completely understand the vision of the science behind it. That's Sometimes we disagree on many topics, but I, I respect that position that Hydro-Quebec has kept. And it's it's maintained its credibility on the international front.
0: Uh, I I completely understand. I I've got a you know a science background, well, scientist background and uh, data science. And you know, I I went into entrepreneurship. And sure enough, you know, trying the approach of uh, under promise, over deliver is not very good for raising funds. I gotta say,
1: no, it's not. It's and it's not. And it, uh, but it depends where you are. It Depends where you are. If you're in California. Of course. I mean, that's, that's the motto. I mean, you know, you overpromise and you deliver under the doesn't care, but there's so much money. There's so much money in California and that's where the money is. And that's so, and if you go in China, what's well, a different business model, but they've got plenty of money there too. You know, yeah. if you, if you do entrepreneurship in Canada, well, the people that are lending money, uh, want a bit more, uh, confidence in the results.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just is what, is what it is. Assurances. They want to they want to uh, they want to
1: invest when you already know when nah, you're going to give me a, I'll buy I'll buy a 649 ticket. Just give me the first 5 digits and I'll <laughs> guess the sixth one I'll be fine.
0: Exactly. <laughs> oh. So with the uh, you said you were working on the solid state. Um, I also saw in the news recently Hydro Quebec launched a spin-off company uh, Evlo. Yeah. Is, am, am I saying that right?
1: Yeah, it's it's Evlo. Yeah. Evlo. Evlo Sorry. Evlo potato potato. Hey listen, I played it to <laughs>
0: It's E V L O. There you go. Um can you tell us a little bit about kind of the 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 mission for Evlo or Evlo?
1: Yeah, well, I, again, and for Hydro-Quebec's need, we've got, you know, remote communities across Quebec, and we do have, we see value in, you know, batteries being deployed on our network in certain key specific areas. And uh, doing that for since 2015, I think, and we've kind of started that business for our own need back then. Uh, where we would build, you know, 50 foot containers and install the batteries in there. We have the Hemingford project where we have 2.4 megawatts, 2.4 megawatt hours system. So we deployed a few. So as we developed that expertise, uh, you know, with the LFP, always same LFP chemistry uh, on our grid, well, we started pushing and understanding, you know, the value of that. And I think it was 2018 or 2017, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you start looking at the remote communities that are, you know, mostly powered by diesel. And you said, you know what that'd be, we should start putting batteries there, not the same, not plus megawatt levels because our 22 remote communities are not, you know, they're not heated with resistive heating. Those is basically hiding and lighting and, and whatnot. So we saw the value of, of deploying that um, those systems on our grid. And then, you know, as you start looking at the way we do it, the reliability, the expertise we've developed, we said, listen, maybe we should, you know, we should monetize that and create a business. And so basically, I I know AES back then did the same thing, AES started doing, you know, battery projects for the whole infrastructure, AES is an energy company, so it does have generation distribution around the world. And that's why they developed their business model where they started a company and that was the battery that would service the AES infrastructure. Same for us, and then we've developed that expertise, and then we said, "Listen, let's go to market with it because there, were, there was a demand. When Hydro Quebec does something, you know, you know, people listen because they're curious. We're safe. You know, I always like to say we like to put this the belt, the suspenders, and the duct tape. You know, better be safe than sorry, or having to answer to the government. So, uh, and that created kind of a hype on the market where we said, "Oh, okay, wow, well, okay, Hydro Quebec is doing batteries; it's got to be good." So that's kind of the way we've and so we, we put it a spin-off and decent company you know with uh, Guillaume guillaume as being the ceo and the sales team the engineering team and also it's backed by the research lab you know we have a, a very large simulation community we do have obviously the battery research center also so it's it's that company is well surrounded you know with the research behind it i think that gives it a, a certain edge
0: Yeah, and I think people, uh, you know, I think it's easy to rip on uh, state-owned companies, um, but Hydro-Quebec seems to kind of, you know, defy most expectations. Like, it's actually profitable, (laughs) unlike many state-owned companies. Um, And it's really innovative. So, you know, again, in a very risk-averse world, because state-owned companies, you know, well, People don't want; they don't want controversy, right? Um, and yet, Hydro Quebec manages to innovate substantially in in that you know kind of lens. Um, so that's I don't know that's pretty impressive to me. I, right. I, I I'm a big fan of Hydro Quebec. <laughs> it's not even my province. I don't I don't get to benefit from it directly. But like you say, when when things come out in the news, usually it's pretty neat
1: yeah i mean it's obviously we've had you know there's some naysayers on the market on that and and i completely understand their point uh i always say we're luckier than smart you know six years ago ago we had the vision to to build these large dams and and we we went hydroelectric electric and this is probably now a great time to be where it has been before we ever you know it, the hydroelectricity was trendy Right now, we're a very green company. We've got hydroelectricity. We've got a wealth of of you know of a network and obviously revenues that are significant because we thought about this 60 years ago. I mean, you would do this today with our geography. It'd be financially unfeasible. So we're in a very, very good position because Bourassa and all these premiers behind and, and René Lévesque had the vision to say, this is what we're going to do with the energy a country that has energy like we does we do have a very have you know, a lot of control and flexibility on developing its economic platform as we see this right now we see what we've done with the battery the vision we see the, our quebec government you know tapping into what we've done to say wow this becomes, yes, the battery of the north for the, for the green energy and the hydroelectricity with multi-year storage, but also with an infrastructure, a charging infrastructure, a research facility that you know, does research on the whole spectrum of energy. This becomes a great place for innovation because you've got everything to play with, all the toys. You want to manufacture here? You're going to have the green credits for manufacturing. You want to charge your system? You want to charge your batteries? You're going to have the green, you know, charging stations. Seriously, I've I've done I've traveled a bit, and there's not in this is with very humbly saying there's not many places in the world that have the the ecosystem that we do. I mean, I w- I, w- I had a friend. A couple of year a couple of weeks back went to ottawa with his ev and uh he started a company called Luelec and they're they're they're, they're leasing um uh, cars and it's you know it's doing very well and he said oh my god i went to ottawa and i was fr- i freaked out the first time i had range anxiety because i couldn't find so you know any charging stations and he said when you move from quebec and you forget because in quebec there's so many you know, charging stations you you don't range, have range anxiety but as you get out of this province it gets a bit stressful because you're like what what where am I going to charge yeah Quebec right now is, is is a great place to do business in the energy world and innovate be it um, generation side distribution retail demotics and whatnot it's a great, great place to be in
0: well little anecdote on that actually I just noticed this morning when I was driving my son to school. The one public charger in our village now has a garbage bag over it. It's been closed up.
1: Has it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, let, give me, give me the address and I'll, I'll, I'll look into it because it's probably, it's probably just broken uh, or, or or something. There's hasn't been serviced. Or I'm or, in the or, Ontario or, side. or your community needs to buy more EVs. If your, your community needs to buy more EVs, enough with the pickups.
0: Yeah, I don't know what happened. I think actually the the business changed the, uh, hands during COVID, so I don't know if it's related to that. Um, I yeah. hope the new owners didn't decide to kibosh it. But uh, yeah, no, I I, I get it. Um, you know, I drive EVs, and uh, I mean on the, in the on the Ontario side, and you know, as soon as we go west of Ottawa, it's like energy desert. You know, it's pretty hard. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Find a friend that has a 220 charger.
0: I have I have two. I'm good. I'm good at home. <laughs> so the first time we met, we were actually talking about so I I was running repowered batteries and I was taking a gamble on Second Life batteries. Mm-hmm. Um my take was that the Battery price would somewhat stabilize at least enough that Second Life, you know, had its space where prices would keep going down. But that lag would always allow the Second Life batteries to kind of keep their 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 value relative to the new stuff. Mm. Um, and, you know, a year went by and I think you were the only person I met that agreed with me on that. And in fact, not only did you agree, I think you were more adamant than me on it. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, last November came around and BYD announced a 20% across the board increase to all of their batteries. I don't think that's over. I think, you know, people, I, I still see projections coming out with the price going down for this year yeah. and next year. There's a lot of confusion as to what is the difference between retail and, you know, companies that have their own vertically integrated supply chains. Um, I think that's confusing things quite a bit. But with all that, one of the interesting things that you had brought up was this idea of eventual consolidation. Yes. Um, You had made parallels when we were talking about what happened to the alkaline batteries, where if alkaline batteries had kept going down the way they were going, they'd be paying us to use them by now. Yeah. Um, Would you mind sharing that insight a little bit with
1: people who haven't heard that? I've, I've, you know, I've seen the data I mean, I've been in the business in, in this for about 20, since 2016, so roughly about six years. And I, I and all the BNF, Woodmac and, and all these companies say prices are going down, prices are going down. I mean, I know the business model of the, the analysis models they used to establish that. I think part of it is wishful thinking. Part of it also is maybe that model is incomplete, but the objective when in '91 came out with lithium batteries, it was expensive. I mean, all types of batteries are expensive, and materials there at back then was decently priced, and it was it was is a product that wasn't very used. I mean, lithium was in health and many other forms, but not at the, the, the sheer volume of it uh, of, of the requirements. A lot of companies started popping up, and and obviously trying to sell the batteries and because there's a demand on the market, but there's a lot of companies, a lot of Chinese companies. I mean, I mean, in the U S everywhere we're doing that and trying to sell the batteries. And the objective was to bring down the price because right now people didn't have the reflex to say, Oh yeah, I could use that for that industry. I could use that for that industry. And as, as you start to see customers being interested in the technology, they start themselves saying, oh, we could use it for that market, that market, that market. So the market for lithium started opening up, thus the demand increasing for all sorts. And then say, yes, all right. So the industry said, well, the prices are going to go down. Well, the price is going to go down, yes, if it became it, it's still a product that has, you know, no rare materials, a sheer abundance of it, and, you know, uh, and, and a lot of players in the market. But in 2016, I I saw the numbers where LG, Panasonic, Sony, name them, were all losing money. Samsung was losing every cell. They were losing about between 1% to 7% on each cell battery sold. That's not a business model that's viable. It wasn't technology related. It's just just competing for market shares. At a certain point, what happens is you buy your competition. Why? Because you want to stabilize the prices. Consolidation happens in every industry, and when it does, you have BYD, you have cattle, and you've got, you know other companies like these settling in and say, "All right, this is going to stop. We control roughly 70 percent of the market." That's the prices we're going to fix because we want to be profitable. Because now we know there's a demand. There's a demand for everybody wants batteries. And basically China has the power electronics behind it. It's not just to sell. You understand that, you know, the battery itself is useless without, you know, DMS, the BMS and, and all that system, which is mostly made in China. They control the market and then consolidation happens and then price increase happens. I still see the numbers right now. I still see being, oh, the price are gonna go down, price are gonna go down. Well, right now I, I'm still very skeptical on the prices going down. Why? Because the way they're gonna keep the prices up, because obviously the analysis, the analysts want the prices go down, but the sellers of the battery are gonna open up the services. that very. That battery does this more, that more new markets for batteries, just more demand. So you create more demand. It's the prices is not going to go down. There's limits to optimizations and trust me, I think we've reached the peak of, of of prices going down and inflation. And again, and then let's forget about the whole inflation, inflation aspect of it, the rarity of, of electronics and whatnot. So, the cell itself might be cheaper to make, but that cell itself does not exist in a system, and the rest of the system is expensive. Steel is more expensive, engineering is more expensive, R and D is more expensive. Everything is more expensive. So in a system, for a grid level system, 40% is battery related; the other 60% is not, and the prices are going through the roof. So total cost of ownership is going to increase.
0: Now, hopefully, you know, potential investors hear that.
1: And because you
0: explain it so much better than I do.
1: <laughs> well, it, it, it's just my vision, but same for repowered batteries. I mean, that was a great business idea. But I mean, if if in this business right now, what I see is it takes a lot of money to make money. I mean, a startup that wants to do wanted to do what you did. If you would have had 200 million. Yeah. You know what? I think you would have been a player. That you could say, listen, I'll buy you thirty million or fifty million worth of you know second life batteries because you had the volume, and then you would have orders. But if you're looking, if you're a player right now in this market that wants to order five thousand batteries, ten thousand batteries, you're irrelevant because everybody's coming in to say, I'll buy three years worth of second life batteries, and they're like, okay, that's easy. Okay, that's what I want, and I want for that price. The whole supply chain needs to be simple. If it's complicated and they have multiple off takers, you know, and it's the volume, it's a volume game. And for the volume game, you need to have money. You you need to say that. That's one of the reasons, I mean, Apple doesn't have any issues with its chips because they tell Foxconn, I'm buying three years worth of production. And, and, you know, I, so I, I some of our innovations at Hydro, where obviously we do some robotics and, and drone stuff. And some of our issues that we have is is the boards, is the electronics. I mean, it's not the idea. I mean, there's in the whole industry itself. Why? Well, we want to buy a hundred boards. Oh my God, a hundred boards. I think we're in top hundred thousand in the waiting list for these boards. If you're going to buy a hundred, who cares? I mean, we're talking millions and millions and millions so uh yeah yeah and and just to fill people in a
0: little bit so repowered batteries yeah it it it, you're spot on um we managed to be profitable on a per battery basis but we just couldn't get the scale we needed to uh, make it viable we needed to be able to buy megawatts of batteries at a time um and that required backing uh and we just didn't have that so
1: You know, by the way, it's your reality, but it's also Tesla's reality. That's also North Northvolt's reality. It has to be giga factory levels. It has to be sheer volumes to just say this, this makes sense. Not just because financially it's because the car market, we forget that the car market is absolutely massive. You know, it's not about saying well, we need a hundred thousand cells. No, you need billions of cells a year. This is <laughs> so. This is this is big time, big players. That's where you're going to see consolidation. And because there's so many big players, prices are not going to go down that much.
0: I agree. I agree. And and actually, that's why I'm not working. So the the, the dream's not dead. Repowered batteries is it's, you know turned into a consulting company now, and I'm helping. Mm-hmm some of the big companies that didn't necessarily want to invest, but were interested in the project. I'm consulting now to help them set up their own second life streams. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I still think it's coming. Um, yeah, I completely agree with your, with your take on that. I, I do think it's still coming and I think that the prices will stabilize and, you know, it might go down per kilowatt hour, another 10% now and again, every couple years, but you know, that 10% is not, it's going to take another 10 years to hit the market, and then it takes another 10 years to trickle down to the consumer level. And then it's, not, I mean, no, this, it's no longer the 60% drop we saw exactly. in like 2005.
1: And we might also, right now we're seeing about 100,000 cars being bought a year. In Canada, maybe you know, a couple hundred thousand, no much. And these, these cars are just coming into the market. They don't have a second life before seven years eight years from now. So in, 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 in eight years or nine, because I would keep in mind that people want to, you know, they want to change. It's not everybody keeps their cars for 10 years. A lot of people lease them and you know, they have, they, the car itself has a second life. But so we're going to see some volume, but only from, from 10 years from now, you know, we're oh, going to yeah. see, because a, an average life of a combustion engine car on the market, on the, on, on the roads, is between I think it's between 17.5 and 19 years, okay? Combustion engine, an EV that has roughly about 15, 18 moving parts compared to 13,000 on a combustion car, is going to be there for at least also 15 years or or 10, okay? So we're not going to see that volume flooded right now. We see second life batteries on volts that you know are seven years old, but I mean that there's that there it non-significant. It's there's not enough on that market. So um but I think it's gonna be a good time. I think maybe you're ahead of your time. (laughs) Uh but in 10 years I I think that's gonna be so interesting the recycling aspect of it, how what we do with these batteries for the next you know the next 10-15 years. The energy world is going to be more accessible and more dynamic and extremely creative on with what it does with its batteries and all sorts of batteries, you know?
0: Yeah. So, and, and data modeling is, is kind of, you know, my background. So I, yeah, I've got the, I've got the graphs with, you know, the predictions of when, when we're going to see that hockey stick in volume and it's, it's a 15 year play. It is. Uh, yeah, and, I would,
1: I, I would agree with that. I think you're, I think it's, Yeah, and it doesn't even take cold. into
0: account another element, which is the fact that the batteries are getting bigger. So Right now, the turnaround on a car, like, yeah, if you bought an electric car five years ago, you're going to keep it about the same amount of time as a, as a gas car because by the time you're, it's got some issues cropping up, you know, you can double the range. but And when you're going from 250 to 500 kilometers, it's a big deal. Yeah. But in the next couple of years, when you've got the 100 kilowatt, 150 kilowatt hour packs, when those cars are 10 years old, and you've got the choice of keeping your 800 kilometer car, or upgrading to an extra 200 kilometers. It's like big whoop. So those, I think those, there's going to be an even bigger lag that's going to be dependent on on the size of batteries. I think as the batteries go up, it's going to slow down the rate of return of those of of exit of those vehicles. It's mm-hmm. going to extend their life. So there's there's even going to be a little peak, and then it's going to slow down a bit, and then it's going to pick up.
1: I would agree. I would agree. I mean I'm, I I have a I have a combustion engine. I'm looking at the price of cars now. And price does make you environmentally savvy or you want to change the planet because it's a price indicator. I'm looking my, my next car is at least if I want 100% EV and I want a SUV. Cheaper I get is 75, 80, maybe oh, 100. Yeah. I mean so so it's so where this is completely Different ball game when it comes to vehicles. So I think the people that have an EV in year eight, and you're right. Once you've 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 reached that threshold of five hundred kilometers, what do you care for ha- having an eight hundred to thousand dollars a thousand kilometer car? If it's going to cost you an extra twenty, because the price that the cars by then will be hundred thousand, people say, you know what? My EV works fine. I'll keep it. M- maybe the years where people keep their cars won't be three, five. Maybe it'll be ten maybe because they'll say listen I, I, and I, by the way, at the price I'm paying that car ninety thousand, it's not a three year payment plan. it's a 10 year payment plan because yeah, now you're supposed to buy in a house, you, you can't afford three thousand dollar payments a month on 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 on, on an e v, so maybe we will see these cars payments for for, for longer also so yeah, people will stay it, it might be that that's also a market change you know uh, that that we could see. People say, listen, that car is, is not going to break down because basically you've got the brakes, you've got the transmission and the engine. That's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. And the cost is, is not just, you know, people are saying like parity to gas vehicles. But I, I think that's like including lifetime ownership. So that's also kind of skewing the way cars are being priced. You're buying. It's like if when you bought an SUV, you were buying 10 years of gas at the same time. I mean, the sticker price would go up substantially if you did that. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much the reality with EVs. But I, I really do believe that the, the lifetime of these vehicles is going to be substantially longer. And I'm putting my money where, where my mouth is. Um, I'm buying. So I've got one vehicle with 380,000 kilometers. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at buying a second one. And it's got 740,000 kilometers on it. And I'm not worried. I got to tell you, I'm not
1: even worried. Is that an EV? It is. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's That was a busy taxi driver. That was a busy <laughs> taxi driver. <laughs>
0: the, guy, the guy lived in Niagara Falls and worked in Toronto.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't want to have this guy's life.
0: Brutal commute. Maybe maybe it was get his getaway, his quiet time. Mm. especially with the self-driving
1: <laughs> yeah yeah for sure I mean that's I think that's we we can expect some interesting models from the car industry leasing models I mean ownership is is something we're seeing less and less of the as-a-service world is is exploding for which I I, I like to own assets I lo- I like to have my stuff Yeah, you know, I like I'll, I'll rent some equipment as you know, at the hardware store for you know, some big projects I do around the house, which I don't need, you know, a, a, a payload or whatever. But the younger generation, you know, I mean, in the, in the 20s are coming out in the market, don't like to own, you know, and owning right now is pretty expensive. And you're owning a house, owning, you know, a car, everything's expensive. So it's pretty much the payment model where you say you've got that flexibility, you you're not you don't have to take the responsibility of maintenance and whatnot. I think it's something that we'll probably see in in the car world and not as the leasing that we see, not the car leasing, but the type of the Netflix business type model where you just listen, that's the car you want, you get it in a week, you can use it for a month, six months. And as you create that demand, you'll see a lot of movement in the, the simplicity of access to it and then again that allows you for consolidation where you have one company that takes care of the maintenance of the tires and whatnot and everything and there's just no responsibilities no no ties to anything i think we're going to see changes in that it's not just the battery itself it's the whole industry that's using uh, these batteries that is, is called to change
0: I, I completely agree i hate the the whole having to pay recurring every month uh, from a personal perspective but from a business side it's always my my you know preferred model as I try to get people on monthly recurring. It's just so much easier for for everyone. Um, yeah, yeah. even on the yeah. Second Life stuff, I, I didn't want to sell Second Life batteries. I wanted to lease access to them, you know? Yeah. Because then it takes away takes away all the pressure from even even from a just a warranty perspective, you don't need to convince people that it's good enough where it's gonna last, it's not their problem. It's, it's my problem, you know? Yeah. It's, it's about also backing what you've said. And um, if it's gonna fail, I'm the one that's gonna lose. So, yeah. you know, it's, it also increases the confidence in, in, in the product. I think there's- And the access to
1: product. capital is, is, was easy and, and, you know, in the 2000s and 2010s. I mean, the access to capital was easy. It wasn't cheap but as you know, rates increase and whatnot, the price of owning a car will be expensive. The price of owning a house. I mean, I own a house and you own a house and, and you're like, a house is not an investment. It's a very big expense, you know? And I look at people that are renting, they just rent. They just, it, they, they rent the house, but they don't, they have no maintenance. If you look at the maintenance of our house, I mean, my, my father-in-law has a house and a cottage and he was looking at the prices and say, my my flat, fixed rate on owning those assets is, is, is 40,000 a year. You know, taxes and whatnot not everything. When you're renting, you don't pay all that. And when you're, when you're leasing a car or, or, or as a service model, there's all these costs you don't have. You don't have that, that, that headache or, or that stress. So change is coming. So
0: a question I like to throw in at the end of every interview um is asking you, you you know with your time in this industry what has surprised you or um you know what 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 did you see or live that you just really didn't expect
1: um <laughs> uh, there's a lot of bullshit out there and i'm I, i'm that's there's a probably a better word than 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 bullshit but uh we have early on the co- in the cast we, we talked about overpromising, under delivering. A lot of people like to make announcements and we're seeing this is coming, this is coming. We're gonna see this happening, this happening. Change we talk about change um and we think that it's it's already happening. It's not because you talk about it and you say it will happen that it does happen. Price parity on, on stuff does not necessarily make cause change. I mean, you look at solar right now, it's pretty damn cheap. Okay. Not every household in Quebec or Canada is installing solar panels in the house. But if you look at price parity, you can say, oh, it's pretty much the same price. Yes, if that was the case, we'd all buy it at Costco. It's not just a question of price. It's a it's a multifaceted. And when I look at the announcement we've seen in the last years, some of it is wishful thinking. But changes in in practice, the way the practical aspect of change happens, it takes longer than we expect. It takes longer than we expect. You know, they say, "Oh, in five years from now, everything is from five years. In five years from now, we'll be there. In five years from now, we'll be there." I would be very curious to see somebody do an analysis on. What did we say five years ago? How were we on our predictions? How were we on this? How were we? I mean, I, there's a report that I saw, I think it was McKenzie uh, in the 80s, that was saying that um, mobile phones would never catch on. Mobile phones would be a hype. That was a McKenzie report. And I'm like, wow, how wrong were you about that? And we don't go back. And we don't learn from our predictions that are wrong. We just keep it. Everything's five years. Everything's five years from now. And I think that's what I've seen that in the industry. I've been in that industry for five or six years. Hasn't changed much. A lot of innovations. Yes. EVs are still lagging that we haven't seen that exponential growth as we were expecting. We haven't seen that significant price drop. As we were expecting, necessarily in the battery prices, um, we didn't see a sheer abundance of the availabilities of everything that we were seeing. Right now, there's a scarcity in it, and and so uh, there was a lot of talk of multi on many topics, but not much as changed dramatically. All
0: right. Well,
1: that was, like that the, was the long much. answer. I'm sorry. I, I yeah, I got to work on my short answers.
0: <laughs> Thank you very much, Patrick. Um, it was it was great having you here today. I'm super excited that we got to talk a bit about, uh, you know, well, a bit talk a lot about Hydro Quebec and uh, the energy world. Um, I think that this is going to be a big hit. And the the listeners are going to very much appreciate that you took the time to come and share this with us. So
1: it was it was my pleasure. I'm honored that you invited me.
0: Thank you.